Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. What's your takeaway about the college football playoffs unanimous approval of the new 5 plus 7 format? Are you good with the idea of the five highest ranked conference champions making it with the next seven highest ranked teams getting into the tournament? How about the top four highest ranked conference champions getting a first round bye? All good in your college football world. Yeah, I think it's a compromise. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, they were going to go 6 and 6, right? The top 6 Conference champions followed by uh, the highest-ranked teams, but there's no Pac-12 anymore. I think there's two teams in the Pac-12, and even if they try to load it up, uh, who they loading it up with. So I thought it was fair that they went that route. It was unanimous, so they obviously talked it through a little bit. You know, if they had left it the way it was, then maybe maybe the MAC champion would have gotten in some year or other, right? <laughs> so so I'm sure that's that. going to hit home. Um, I, I think this is a pretty good thing. I'm excited about the college football playoff because it, it's – I think we're going to see a lot of teams competing for the championship. I thought it was really interesting as far as the, the top four conference champions getting a bye. Um, obviously, you know, conceivably, Notre Dame, which had a great – recruiting class could be number one in the country and could not have a bye in the college football playoff. But Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director, knew that going in, and he was willing to compromise in order to get this done. And the um, the thought process from him was, well, we don't play a conference championship game, so we can afford to play another game in the college playoff. I, I'll, I'll be very curious to see how that works out. But, again, this is – a two-year solution, it's a temporary thing. I guarantee you they will go back in two years and they will pick it apart and they will figure out uh, something that they like or don't like about it. But the uh, the two power conferences want to be paid more than everyone else, uh, the SEC and the Big Ten, and we'll see how that works out. Well, it's going to end our classic debate, right? You know, the teams that, that, you know, who was number five, right? Who, who did not, who not, who did not get in, but like, you know, using, using this example and putting it to last year's rankings, right? Like Georgia would, would get in, but they'd have to win. They'd have to win four games in order to win, win the championship. Notre Dame wouldn't have been in. I don't know that Notre Dame would have been in the tournament last year, right? The way, the way things went. And that's fine. I, I think, you know, the Notre Dame part of it at first, it's like, eh, but it, it makes sense. I mean, they don't, 
They're not in a conference. That's their choice not to be in it. Any conference would love to have them. They've decided to not be in a conference. And they're right. They don't play that game. And typically, it's, and, and here's the thing. You know, when this first came out, I thought, boy, they should get rid of that conference championship game. It's going to be meaningless. Oh, no, 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 no. That conference championship game is bigger than ever. Right. Because it bye ensures week. the yep. buy. Okay. And, and, and the other, but here's the one thing I don't know yet. And we're not supposed to say I don't know, but I don't know yet is the whole structure of where these games are going to be played. The bowl games will still be played, but like, will will there be a home game at first for the teams on the bye? Is it, that all spelled? It, it was my understanding that the games will be at the higher seated uh, home. So the Notre first, Dame, the first ones, if they were number okay. one in the country, the field they would have a they would have a home game to start. The okay, I haven't gotten that deep into it yet, but I, I was curious about how that all works out. And you know, they're going to rotate where the championship game will be played. Are there any? Are there any? Tie-ins anymore? You know, are the Big Ten and the Pac-10 going to play in the no, Rose Bowl anymore? The, the, that's the, the that's done. Are going so to be, tradition is just flushed down the toilet. Well, with this. that happened a long time ago. But I think the the tie-ins with the bowl games are going to be the last thing to go, and they're talking about that now. I'm not crazy about this, to be honest with you. I think that to me, it makes me wonder: Are you still going after the 12 best teams? And based on this format, the answer is no. There's a conceivable outcome here where whatever is left of the Pac-12 or whatever semblance of a a conference is left in that league, Arizona could theoretically be the highest ranked of the the, the fifth conference champion. Arizona could have, let's say, hypothetically, a 10-3 record, and they could get in over an SEC team that's better than them, but maybe third in the league. And has the same record, but you know what? They're going to be the 13th team. And there's always going to be controversy, and somebody's always going to feel like they belong. This isn't the NCAA tournament in basketball. It's not March Madness. March Madness, frankly, if you're Purdue when you win the Big Ten in basketball, it doesn't mean anything when you go into the field of 68, right? It doesn't mean anything once that tournament begins. So if the football tournament wants to resemble the best tournament in sports, why are they doing this i know why i'm asking rhetorically why are they not committed to getting the 12 best teams and creating a tournament that creates the best of those 12. the the other thing that i thought was really interesting is they're not reseeding this after each round so if you have like a massive upset that team will benefit from having a massive upset so they won't they won't try to rework it so the best teams are are preserved toward the end it's of the not tournament. Do, yeah, it's not intended to do that. So I, I just I think a lot of special interests were being served here. And I think a lot of politics were being on display. And that's okay. That's the way pro sports or I'm well professional sports, college <laughs> sports. <laughs> college true. sports are professional sports yeah. now and we see this as to me the latest example. That's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. Lots of loaded questions today. That's the voice of David Sampson. He's here at 9 with Mullion Haw. After meeting with the key state lawmakers in Springfield on Tuesday, White Sox chairman Jerry Reinsdorf downplayed the reported $1 billion in public subsidies he'll seek to build a new ballpark over in the South Loop. Quote, we haven't asked for anything, Reinsdorf said. At an appropriate time, everyone will speak. Now is not the appropriate time. End quote. What's your reaction to the Tuesday events? Not good. I don't think that the White Sox, if they were aiming to accomplish something by presenting a professional 
presentation or a, a put on, put their best foot forward. They didn't do that. This was clumsy. This was not good for optics. Jerry Reinsdorf, we kidded about him being in a leather jacket, but it this did not look like somebody who was going there to sell the idea that this was the best thing for the state of Illinois, the city of Chicago, and the White Sox organization. I don't think it was very smooth. He was in in his typical role of being sarcastic, but at some point in time, you can't come across as being evasive and unserious about something this significant. You're asking the state of Illinois, which has its own budget issues, as you'll hear later today when the Governor Pritzker gives a state of the state address, you're asking the state of Illinois for a billion dollars in subsidies for what's going to be a, a great ballpark, tremendous renderings, people raved about the artwork, but it's a billion dollars in the middle of the city and it, the economic impact is exaggerated. The number of jobs, exaggerated. I don't think the White Sox put their best foot forward. They should have anticipated this kind of media coverage and Jerry Reinsdorf was not up to the task. If he can't deal with it, put someone out front who can because the White Sox are trying to communicate why this is a good idea. Jerry Reinsdorf failed on that on Tuesday. Uh, David, I think that's where you nailed it right there is that they need a better front of the house, if you want to use like a restaurant term. You need somebody that's going to be there to take this head on. I mean, you know, guess what other position, you know, they never replaced Kenny Williams. Right? Do they have a president? There is no president of the Chicago White Sox unless I missed that five o'clock news dump that they're so <laughs> fond of doing. Um, but yeah, he could have he could have spoken more glowingly. You know, it was fun to talk about the leather jacket and you know how about a, how about just a tie? Okay, you don't you don't want to wear a blazer? How about a tie? How about how about look you know just look the part? Um, you know, he didn't take a jet down there. He he did ride on a bus, right? A you know, nice bus, but he rode a bus. Uh, down there to uh, Springfield with a group of people. But there should have been more to say. And, David, I'll push back a little bit. Um, I won't go for Bruce Levine, but I do think there is a Im- impact on that community. There will be th- – when they build the things around the park, those aren't just going to be used on game day. Those will be used other days. They're, they're going to try to mimic what's gone on over at Clark and Addison to a certain extent – and and before before the Ricketts, Clark and Addison, I, I've been to some bars in that neighborhood back in the day on a on a Friday in March before the tournament started. And you may as well have been on Spring Road in Elmhurst. There could be four people sitting at a bar. So like they have revived that neighborhood around the clock. And that possibly could be done at the seventy eight. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know all the things that they're looking for or all that they want. I think there are a couple of um, real obstacles for Jerry, and the number one obstacle is probably the governor. governor is reportedly mulling a run for president at some point or at least has those aspirations. The state's kind of broke. Uh, there isn't a lot of money floating around. Um, if, if the guy wants to run for president, I don't think he needs Jerry's backing. You know what I mean? I think he's got enough money himself. He could probably build a stadium for him if he really wanted to. So I, I just think that that's an issue. And I get it. You know, Jerry's down there asking for a billion so he can get that $300 million plus. 
They're also looking for some sales tax pause in the area that, that Crane said would be worth up to like $400 million over the course of X amount of time that they could put aside to help pay for this thing. So th- there are there are subtle things involved in getting to the billion dollars, I suppose. But um, no one, no one has an appetite for this. And it doesn't matter where you go or who you talk to, everyone's going to nod their head and they're going to smile at you. But I can't imagine that this has much impact, if any, uh, on legislators. I don't think there's anyone there that is going to see the presentation and say, Eureka, and I will lead this and, you know, call to arms for all of us. I just don't I don't think that's the way to do it. And, and you're absolutely right. I'm not sure Jerry is the front man for it, frankly. But, um, you know, who's going to tell him who's going to tell him he can't? Who's going to tell him, hey, put a, put a suit on? I, I don't think that – I think Jerry keeps his own counsel. I think, you know, when, when last we saw him take questions, he said something like, you can ask me anything you want, I'll answer what I want. That's kind of it with the way he's living. Yeah, And he's, it's hard to reverse that. There's really nobody on the payroll who's going to tell him no. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I'll take your questions. I don't have I don't have much to say about this. Oh, there he is. There's Kenny Williams. Michael Kopech wants to start with a clean slate and told the White Sox Talk podcast this year will be different because he'll be pitching more for the team than for himself, avoiding the extremes of going deep into games or exiting early or something like that. How interested are you in anything Kopech says at this point and what's his role on this White Sox staff? Is a is a difficult subject to talk about because, you know, I, I really feel like Michael Kopech is is just a guy that once could throw the ball really fast. And he was this kind of sensation where he could throw the ball for 105, 106 miles an hour, and everyone confused that with, um, with being a pitcher. I don't consider him a very good pitcher. I kind of think he's a bust. I, I feel like he has a lot of issues that have gotten in his own way uh, for whatever reason. 
And um, I don't know if there, I, I don't know if you can sit here and say there is a legitimate role for Michael Kopech on this or any team. I think when you have talent, people fall in love with that and they speculate and they imagine how great you're going to be. But I think there's a lot of other things involved. And a lot of it is sort of this kind of, a lot of it is internal. And a lot of it is, is, you know, how competitive are you? How much do you want to win? How willing are you uh, to do what it takes to win? And I, I don't know that there's any, I just think this guy's a wildly talented guy that has never been able to, to sort of um, commit to what it is he needs to do to become a great baseball player. So, again, you know, all the talent in the world doesn't mean a lot if you can't have discipline, if you can't pull yourself together. I, I, I have serious questions in my mind about whether he can do it or not. And, and he's, he's almost a non-entity on this team to me. If he comes up and does something, hey, that's great. But I, I have very little hope for how he's going to pitch this year. Very little expectation. Well, it's fine to have low expectations on the guy, but they need him. They need him in that starting rotation right now. I mean, you know, we can scoff at that or shake our head at that. Who else do they have? They have they have nobody else. They he he. It's it, let's put it this way. It's put up or shut up time. I've been. I have been. That, I have that been was a the, couple years ago. I'm sorry. Put up or shut up was a couple years ago. Okay. I think when you hear Michael Kopech talk, you feel some empathy for somebody who can't get out of his own head, and his problems have always been to me from the shoulders up. That's not meant to be derogatory toward him. You do feel uh, like you you want to help him. You want to talk to him. You want to hear him out because he clearly is struggling with his psyche as much as he's struggling with anything. That's always been the story. He's had some physical ailments. He's had some injuries that have held him back. But he's always been this bundle of potential that can't get out of his own way. And you wonder why he he alluded to, you know, he wants to avoid uh, the, the, the feast or famine exercise of every start. Either he goes really deep or he he's out real early because he's all, all gas and no brakes. He's thinking a lot. He's thinking probably too much. I, I, I am kind of tired of hearing from him because I heard the interview and I wasn't sure if it was 2024 or 2022 or when he first came. There's been a lot of Michael Kopech introspection, a lot of Michael Kopech uh, analysis about who he is and what he's going to be. Enough already. Deliver. I think the best role in this team for Michael Kopech could be one that's the hardest maybe to master. He's got closer stuff. I don't know if he could come back on consecutive days. I don't know if he's got the mentality for that. But when you talk about a guy who's just going to give all that he has, the way he has always, the ninth inning, the eighth inning might be the best role for him. And, Dustin, when you say they need him and what else do they have, I agree with what you're saying. It's just bad roster construction. That's a whole other story. But that's what, that's what you're talking about. That's a great question. All right, here we go. What do you make of Daniel Jeremiah's latest mock draft, which had four quarterbacks going in the top eight picks? Wow. What scenario led the Bears to select Washington wide receiver Rome Odunze at number nine? It's a dream scenario for Jeremiah fans. 
Pistons, he has the top three players as Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., and then Odunze. I think most Bears fans would take that when you have uh, number one quarterback and one of the top wide receivers not named Marvin Harrison Jr. going to the Bears. That would be electric for an offense that, with Caleb Williams, would be ready to take off. I, I don't know in that scenario if four quarterbacks would go. These mock drafts are done obviously very early it's february 21st it's already you know people are, are four deep in their mock drafts it doesn't factor in free agency and you wonder if the falcons at eight for instance uh with all the speculation about justin fields would pick a quarterback if they trade for justin fields it's unlikely that they would because then they would need probably protection they would want to maybe give their new quarterback something to uh work with but from a bears perspective this would be one of the best case scenarios because you would have an elite wide receiver with the best quarterback that's come into the draft by some estimates, by Daniel Jeremiah's evaluation, I think. So that would be great news for the Bears. And I think it might be overstating how many quarterbacks go in the top 10. Let's do this again after free agency. And I think it might be maybe three. That's still a lot in the top 10. Well, I think three is a lock. And the fourth they're talking about, Local guy made good. Mm-hmm. JJ McCarthy. Can he make all the throws? Well, we never. He never threw the ball at Michigan. Basically, he never had to throw the ball at Michigan. They never let him throw the ball at Michigan. Why didn't they let him throw the ball at Michigan? His pro day is going to be something that everybody's going to want to see. Because I think if you want to win sooner rather than later, you might be better served. Again, keyword sooner rather than later, short term. You might be better served with a Michael Penix. He, he, I think he's more NFL ready today. Knees. I understand that, but listen to what I said. Right now, today, in a short window, for a team that thinks they're right there, um, I think that's a better pick. I think I think J.J. is going to be in the league for a long time, but I think he's going to be a little bit of a project, and I think he's a little bit um, uh, smaller Great athlete, more athletic than I thought. But this is this is a nice scenario for the Bears. But again, I keep saying, keep trading down and keep accumulating picks because this is a, a thick draft at uh, at wide receiver. And if everybody wants all these quarterbacks, the Bears could accumulate a whole heck of a lot. Well, I mean, this is a dream scenario if you follow what Jeremiah thinks about different players. And you know, you put Odunze with. Uh, with what the Bears have right now and DJ Moore, I mean, holy cow, that's pretty good stuff. And um, and that would be a really big-time um, pick for them. They're going to get a good player at nine. I think that, that in this, we kind of talked about it a little bit before. The more quarterbacks, the merrier, as far as the Bears are concerned. I think it's interesting, Dustin, because you talk about J.J. McCarthy, and he could have stayed in school. You still have another one of those um, – I think there's one more class with uh, with the uh, with the the um, COVID oh, year, yeah. so I think he could stay in school. I wonder how good he'd be, you know, as opposed to Penix Jr. If he played a fifth year in college, as as he did, as Bo Nix did, as those guys uh, that that are now being talked about as as drafted players. I think people in the league really like J.J. McCarthy, and they like a lot of the stuff that he can do. And I I think you're when you say that he's small, I think you mean he's slight because he's not like a big, thick guy, but he's 6'3", right? Isn't he 6'3 or 6'4"? I mean, he's got 
he's got he's definitely within the prototype height, which is important. And there's a lot of things that people really like about him. Um, I I um I I would wonder, um, you know, Odunze that would be a great pick. What if one of those tackles is sitting there? What if you know? And I I don't know which one. But the kid from Penn State or the kid from Notre Dame, if they're sitting there at number nine and you got a chance to bring in a left tackle for 10 years, I mean, don't you? Wouldn't that be enticing? And wouldn't that be uh, really interesting? And it's a deep wide receiver class. I'm not saying you're going to find a Dunze or a guy that good later in the draft, but you might be able to find a guy that can uh, do some things and, and, and take the lid off a of defense. So I, 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 um, I'd be very interesting to see how they put it together. But I think that the the underlying point of this is that not only do you have the first pick in the draft, but the number nine pick could be really good. Yeah, that's a good question. The Bears made history hiring Jennifer King to work with the team's running backs, assisting Chad Morton, making King the franchise's first woman assistant coach ever. Can you envision this becoming a bigger trend where multiple Women are on an NFL coaching staff. Which major sport will be the first to have a female head coach or manager? Um, you know, to answer the last question first, I would imagine it's basketball just because there's so many more coaches, both in the women's game and uh, and in a few in the men's game at the college level. So I would think that that might be the place for it. You know, the difficulty – you don't have to have played the sport to be a coach in the sport. You know, um, you look at uh, you look at the Shanahan family tree, and uh, you know, I don't know if Kyle Shanahan. I know he didn't play college football because um, he went to Texas, and um, and he was uh, not on that team. But he was great chums with the uh, the quarterback. He and um, and Sims went to school together. And I think that, you know, there there certainly could be a family-type situation where someone's around the game in the same fashion and, and becomes a coach uh, in, in that sort of a way. Um, I You know, being an assistant coach is hard. You work very hard. Being, in a, being a, uh, an assistant to a position coach isn't easy. You got a lot of things you got to do and you got a lot of stuff and – it's, you know, long hours and hard work. And I think if someone devotes themselves to that, they could definitely do it. I, I you know, congratulations uh, to Jennifer King. I, I have no problem with her becoming a, a coach on the Bears. I think it's great. She was just, she has a background already in coaching. And, you know, this is, this is how it works. You bounce around and you build yourself up and you eventually get your opportunities. I'd echo what Molly just said there. Congratulations to Jennifer King and the Bears uh, for this coming to be. Also, last week, I believe, IHSA announced that girls flag football is becoming an official sport in Illinois. And that could also trend where more females, more young girls are getting involved with football, which creates their desire to be part of of the game at that level, right? So that's another part of this about, you know, not quote-unquote playing the same game, but playing the game, the passing game portion of it and defending the passing game 
portion of it that and listen as crazy as this might sound i'll be the one who says it you know this whole this whole taylor swift thing has brought an unbelievable amount of females into football and i don't think they just end up going away when she goes away a certain part of them will when i mean when if her and travis don't end up you know tying the knot and made for tv movie and all of that if, if she just if they break up i still think that the nfl has attracted a new audience a bigger audience than they had before with females. The Bears. Um, go ahead. I'm done. The bell sounded. I have to. Stop. The Bears are out in front of this, and this is good for them because that's not too often that are they at the forefront of something like this. Jennifer King has earned this job. Um, she comes with rave reviews from Washington. Congratulations to her. This is a great moment for women's sports because the first time in the charter franchise has had a female coach. In, at Hallis Hall, so that's great. It, it could lead to other advances. It could lead to more women getting involved. The Taylor Swift point is a good one, Dustin. Uh, I think basketball makes the most sense, but don't rule out managers in baseball becoming female. You're seeing some minor league movement in, long, in, in that regard. You know, football, it would be probably hard to envision for a lot of people, a lot of people stuck in their ways perhaps, but I think it's coming. It's, I, I don't know if it's 10 or 15 years or 20 years away, but I think it's coming. This will be a pick six. There's your ball game. Can the NBA All-Star game be fixed, and how would you do it? Did you watch much any of the NBA weekend events? So, short on time, uh, all you got to do is pay the players, make it worth their while, like the in-season tournament that with the, the gaudy courts that they painted and everything. Everyone liked that at the end. They paid players. They gave them money, and you're going to have to give them a payout so Adam Silver doesn't look so disgusted at the end of the All-Star game. That's probably the way they, they will do it. they got plenty of money to spend. Yeah, pay them, and they'll show up, and they'll compete, and they'll care. Because right now, it's clearly, if they don't care, why should I care? I didn't really watch much of the. I watched enough to be a little bit turned off by the whole thing. Money, money, money. Um, it's always about money. So that would help. Here, here's what I would do. I would still have the format where you're letting the fans and the players vote on who gets to be in the All-Star game. But then I would put all the names in a hopper, I would do a NCAA tournament-style bracket where we would play games of pig or horse or dog or NBA, whatever you want, and it would be a mountain of money for the winner to go to a charity of his choice. That's what I would do on Sunday. I like. I think all the other events can remain the same, but that's what I would do on Sunday. Yeah, I you know I think that that there's really little to fix it, frankly. And the the NFL just kind of bagged it. They kind of gave up on the Pro Bowl altogether, and maybe the NBA uh, should look at some scenario like that. The only thing that would work is if you gave money to guys. They tried, they did that for their in season tournament, right? They gave a million dollars everybody for that. So I I don't know that this is going to work. Um, it is the the game itself is awful, and maybe it's the style the style of basketball has gotten to a point where you know everybody just comes down the floor and shoots a three, and and when you got so many people laying back and not covering the three point line, I mean it's just open shots, so you score two hundred points. Whoop de do. Um, it is uh, it's a real difficult conundrum. The only thing that worked out of it out of the whole weekend, the only thing. Like, the dunk contest doesn't work anymore. We've seen the best of that. That's over. The three-point shooting contest works, and and that's kind of interesting to see. I thought the uh, Sabrina Ionesco-Steph Curry thing works, and I thought that was super cool. 
they've, they've talked about expanding that. Dame Lillard with Steph, and then and then have Caitlin Clark come in, and she could play with uh, Sabrina, Sabrina Ionesco, who I believe is married to Hironis Grasso. Come on. Get your head on right. Um, that That's crazy, isn't it? The former Bears center. At any rate, um, I believe Caitlin Clark would have to earn her bones in the league before you could let her do that. You know, people be jealous if yeah, she's so suddenly. Well, she's the best shooter in the league. She's the best shooter in the league. But I don't know that she is coming in, right? I don't know. So there's no solution. How's that? There really is nothing you can do to fix this damn thing. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.